On this episode of AV Week, we talk about manufacturers working together to help the integrator integrate better. Also talk about succession plans as the head of Biam steps down, COO takes over. Also talk about Waveguide being purchased by Compass, what that means for the future of AV. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. AV Week is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like Peerless AV. This is AV Week, episode 277, recorded Friday, December 16th, 2016. Lunch Lady Standardization. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing Scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audio, visual, news, and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. With me to talk about said news and information, first and foremost, his name is Harry Mead. He's a CTSD and a fine human being. He works for a company called Scenario. How are you, sir? Not bad. How are you today? Doing well. Doing well. Uh, also with us is Mr. Justin Kennington. Justin is from AptoVision. Hello, sir. Hello, everyone very colorful if you're watching the video if you're not watching the video you're missing justin's video test pattern very colorful um sweater important i'm always thinking you're you are always thinking (laughs) last but not least uh the gentleman who's making the the video portion of this very possible uh his name is john green he's from a company called advanced av hello sir happy holidays everybody absolutely uh real quickly this is kind of a, a couple pieces of of housekeeping i guess before we get started uh, first and foremost, this is our last sort of live-ish uh, show uh, of the year. Uh, we're recording this on the 16th of December. Uh, next week will be our, our yearly wrap-up of the, of, the, of the year's show. We'll do a best of uh, somewhere around Christmas and New Year's. Um, then uh, we'll kick the, you know, hit the ground running. Actually, I'm very kind of excited. Our very first episode of the year of AV Week will be a special we do with a gentleman by the name of Ian Altman uh, that we met at uh, AVEC. So talking about the business and, and kind of a forecasting. Uh, second thing is our, our, our first ever, ever AV, uh, Aviation Awards are up, so if you get a chance, please stop by the website and put your two cents in for that. Uh, all right, guys, here we go. Uh, first up and foremost, we have a uh, Biamp and, and Sure has gotten together, and um, they are the, the press release and the, the story is about um, integrated compatibility between Biamp to Sarah and, and um, the Sure Microflex. Uh, array microphones. Now, if you missed uh, our coverage of ISE, this is where um, Sure first released it. Now, they had had um, at Infocom 2015, they had some super secret uh, meetings, but the uh, ISE 2016 was when they first announced this and released this. Um, Harry, from your standpoint, I want to get yours and then um, John and and, uh, Justin's, but how important is this when you're either designing a system or putting a system in to have two disparate manufacturers kind of working together like this? Well, um, it works well because then you can just go into the the software and just configure it and be done. Um, I thought it was a bigger story that it looks like they're starting to bite off more Dante than, than they have been. 
uh, because by amp or sure flexes run off of. by amp because okay. Dante or uh, sure is running on Dante. Yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, honestly, I didn't, I didn't hit the buy amp booth that hard at Infocom. So I'm not sure what, I, I heard they were, they had a Dante card or something like that for their frame. But if they're, if that, what that looks like is they're, they're, uh, putting in Dante boxes and things for, um, that they're going to bring out at ISE, if they're going to be talking to this, uh, this microflex directly. And I think that's, that's a bigger story of than necessarily the fact that they're working with Shure because that kind of intercompany thing happens relatively regularly. But the fact that they're widening their, their stance a little bit because they've been, no, we are AVB. And um, the fact that they're letting other people play in the sandbox a little bit, it to me speaks a little bit to where they want to try and be more all encompassing and be able to take care of some of the market that a lot of the market has just standardized on Dante. Well, and they've had, they, so when, when they went the, the transition between uh, the flex, the, the, um, uh, when the, the Nexia line and that they had Cobranet and they, they continued that with, with the, uh, the Nexia um, and uh, the, yeah, the Tessera line. But I, I thought that they've had uh, Dante for a while. I don't think that this is a brand new announcement for Dante. I think it's specifically talking about the Sure uh, work, workflow. As far as I know, they had it in the Tessera line. Uh, they didn't have it on any of the on the Nexia line or anything like that. I think yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. In the Tessera line, they had it for a and somebody can prove me wrong, but they. In the Tessera line, they only had it as a card for their big servers. On the, on the chassis, yeah, you're right. Yeah. On the chassis. I don't know about everybody else, but we use the crap out of Tessera Fortes, which are the all-in-one boxes. Those are AVB only. All right. So there's been no Dante on that. So that, that makes me wonder if they're going to possibly pop some Dante on there. That's very good, a very good possibility. John, when you go in and, and talk with clients and, and working through the needs needs analysis, you know, is this something that you consider, or is this one of those kind of uh, it's an added benefit, something that's kind of you know a, a whipped cream on top of a system that you can put these two together? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go at it as I always do a little bit differently. And, and, and my initial reaction to the read of the article is is that it's an actual public announcement of two competitors that have similar offerings inside of their product lines working together. I think that that's a that's a big statement. Um, you know, it, it is it is an inkling to, to some degree of the conversation we've had multiple times throughout the year of a standardization. Uh, you know, it, it's some some effort to, to to work together towards some kind of a of a common goal. And that's what I consider to be standardization right now. It's also refreshing not to see two companies buy each other and actually still stand alone by the, on themselves and be able to uh, you know meet the needs. And again, as a systems integration company, this is one of the more charming things. I mean, we, we often struggle with, you know, the situation like we like the short microphone systems, but they're DSP and they offer a DSP to match that works okay. But, you know, we have programmers that really, really can make a buy-in DSP sing or that type of resolution. So we're doing it already. Uh, so it, for, for them to formalize it, it makes it a lot easier for us. And two of the best companies uh, that, that are attacking the audio issues in a conference room. So kudos. I, I might go two thumbs up on that one. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to the to the buying again. Uh, we, ha we have another story of somebody getting bought. We'll, we'll get to that. 
Uh, Mr. Kennington, you've, you've been a part of uh, manufacturing. You've, you've been a part of all kinds of things. You're back to manufacturing now with, with Outdivision. Talk for a second, if you can, about some of these deals and how they get done and, and how working with, with two separate companies works. I think the uh, the interesting part here to what John said is about, okay, sure, has their own line of DSPs. What does it what does it say went on internally there uh, for them to come out and say, oh, we're going to work with, with Biamp on their DSPs. There's probably some interesting internal politics around that. Should we be pushing and selling our own? But meanwhile, if integrators are out there saying, you know what, I don't like yours, yep. you, you may as well just sell the microphones that, uh, that you're known for and, and work with somebody else's DSP. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was interesting what Harry brought up about uh, Biamp maybe getting closer to Dante. And I wonder... Are we reaching a point where ABB is sort of over? Uh, I, I worry that they spend a little too much time worrying about uh, trying to be open and standardy, and a little too little time about real adoption. And Dante is all about adoption, 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 and now uh, is everywhere. So here's here's my two cents on ABB, and, and it, it, I have said this publicly. I've said this to the folks that work at, at Avenue, so this is nothing new. The AVBs and, and TSN, let's just, the Avenue Alliance's biggest problem is marketing. Um, it is the fact that they came out to the AV industry and said, hey, we're AVB. This, isn't this great? Isn't this idea great? They didn't have any products when they first came out. Uh, Avenue Alliance is, is, is a working group. The, the AVB was a working group inside IEEE, standards group that gave you Wi Fi and, and Wi Fi Alliance and all that. Then they came out and said, well, instead of AVB, let's call it TSN. Okay. Okay, sure. Groovy. couple, three years after that, let's just change the name. Let's change the moniker. Uh, except for the fact that, that folks like Biamp and, and folks like Harmon and um, Meyer and, and Extreme Networks were already working on, on the AVB part uh, and, and, and marketing it as AVB. They need to decide, the Avenue Alliance needs to decide what they're going to call this and market this before they can go forward. Because changing the name, and it happens because it's a working group, right? It's a bunch of engineers getting together and saying, well, now it's, now it's AVB because it's audio, video, bridging, and now it's TSN because it's time-sensitive networks, okay? And in six months, it might be a different working group, and it might be a different name. The technology is the same, though, and the technology is, is really where, where the nuts and bolts gets. That's the part that excites me because not just in AV. Yes, groovy, awesome. We could send audio and video and control down the network and... You know, Justin's company has a solution for that, and a couple other people have solutions for that as well. Obviously, Dante has jumped jumped forward, but it is it is the non AV part that's taken hold of the Avenue Alliance technology. Companies like Harman, everything else, everything AV aside, the reason Samsung bought them for eight billion dollars was because of their car stuff, and that runs on the Avenue Alliance technology. I don't care if you call it AVB or TSN. That's what it runs on. So that's the kind of thing that, that excites me. Will it take on and will it take hold in AV? I really have no idea. But the, the, the technology is still exciting to me in general, regardless of, of the implications it has. Yeah, yeah there's important and interesting problems that they're solving technically. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I wonder if that, that, that change to TSN is really sort of reflecting of a, you know, internally a recognition that, the traction isn't as strong as they wanted in AV. There are other applications, industrial control, 
uh, automotive, as you mentioned, if maybe this is a, a refocusing away from AV and yeah. on other places where they might find success that yeah. kind of, frankly, never came. I mean, Dante, uh, who, who worried about one thing, let's get our technology adopted, uh, did that, and now I think is a clear winner in real market terms. In market share, absolutely. Now, well, what, I'm part of the... Uh... Go ahead, Harry. No, go ahead. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, part of the fact is that the V never existed until, like, this year. Six months ago. It was, it was buy-up. Right, I didn't Okay, it was, it was big A, little V, big B. <laughs> Yep. And it uh, um, it just, it, again, it, like, like Tim said, it was a marketing thing where it was like, hey, we've got AVB and we can do audio and video over, over our network, but you have to use this one particular switch by this one particular manufacturer in order to make it work. And it has to be this particular wired and it has to be this and it has to, and, and, and by the way, nobody actually uses it. Well, except for here. And, one thing about the, about the the switch, you don't have to. The only the only Avenue certified switch, the only av, the Avenue certified switch, is still Extreme Networks. Cisco has one. It's not been certified yet. Um, uh, Linksys, is it Linksys or, or um, and there's a couple more that you can you can flip a switch and do some some back end, but they're not certified. That's that is the difference. Right, right. I think that the technologies Dante is an example. The technologies that don't want to rely on specialty features of a switch, I think are incredibly important in our industry. Again, in the, okay, industrial robots or something, maybe that's a different industry and we can say use this switch and control it. I don't know, maybe that's okay with them. Uh, but here in AV land, in, in my experience, when the, when the AV guy goes to the IT director's office and says, hey, we need to, we need to pull out all those uh, switches that you've got installed there, and we're gonna install these special ones for my AV stuff. You're more likely to get your AV guy fired than new switches. Yeah. All right. Uh, real quickly, as 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 we're already talking about buy-up, and and this is where I remind our our, our fine listeners that uh, buy-up is, is actually an underwriter of AV Nation. Um, they had an interesting, uh, uh, what I would say is a significant announcement this week. Um, Steve Metzger, uh, current CEO and president of of buy-up, is stepping down at the end of the year, and Matt Zwiski is the current COO, is becoming uh, president and CEO at the, be- at the beginning of the year. John, I, I want to start with you here. Um, and just that nothing bad's happened, nothing evil's happened. It's just you know, um, um, Steve uh, Metzger is saying that he wants to spend more time with his family. He's moving back to the southeast. Um, Bi- or, uh, Biamp is, is in Beaverton, Oregon, the direct opposite uh, area of, of, um, of the southeast. But, John, when it comes to stuff like this and, and – moves like this it, it leads me to thinking about um succession plans right and, and how they're done i would say that this is a significant pretty good one right we already have an existing yep. somebody in place who's stepping into those shoes he's worked with steve for a number of years he's current coo he's basically you know moving offices and i don't even know if that's true but you know ba- ba- you know taking over a, a position ahead of him how do you set up a succession plan, whether it's manufacturing or in, in integration, uh, to succeed? 
No, that's a that's a that's a big question. I mean, even on a systems integration side, I think that you know the approach that, that we were fortunate to take was was somebody came in, knew what we were able to you know provide, and and we were purchased. That's obviously a succession plan. That's one of the ways of doing it. And that's the way that our previous owner did. I think they, we've talked about it an awful lot that there are a lot of small companies that are in our AV industry that don't have that plan in mind. They don't even have an offer to it. Uh, yeah, it's we were built from the very beginning, and I think it, and I would agree that if I were to open a company, this is the way that I would do it. If I'm the investor in the company, setting up the proper management so that either they could come back and buy their portion of the business. Or basically, you know, um, and that's that's basically what happened here. We had three individual companies, all with strong management teams, who were able to develop their own client base and work in synergy together. And and then it, it, we reached a certain point where it was, can we continue to grow together, or do we break apart? Uh, and it's an American story. All three companies broke apart. All three companies are doing extremely well two and three years after that decision has been made. Uh, on a manufacturing side, I'm not quite sure. I, I, it, it, I don't know if I can answer the question because I just think it's a different approach. Uh, um, because they've already built up a client base and it, it's almost you can't stop them. If, if, if you don't have a succession plan in place, it's you're just lights out. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's automatic. That's that's the and Biamp's got a good client following. I got a good brand name. They just literally have to have a caretaker at this particular point and then have that caretaker turn it into the next level. Yeah. Uh, so that's my impression. All right, Justin, from your standpoint, and, and you've been in, like I said, you've been involved in manufacturing. Um, how do you, how do you, you hand off the, the baton as it were to the next, to the next generation? I, I mean, I guess in my just career generally, I've always been taught to be always training my replacement. Um, I just sort of treat my job as something I would uh, rather not be doing. So let's train some other people to do it. Uh, and then what ends up happening is you get sucked up the chain and you have more work and you realize, oh, this is a terrible plan. Uh, but you keep coming back and, and doing it again. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm chuckling I guess, I because I... you, get, you get sucked all the way up to the southeast. Well, you know, it's it's it, 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 it southeast is not it's not a bad place to live. There's no negative 22 degrees in the southeast. Let's just put it that way. Um, uh, Harry, from your standpoint, how does stuff like this affect uh, the integrator and the engineer on the local level, or does it? And does the the change at, at the top of the command even affect you guys? Not really. I mean, yeah, it's kind of something to keep an eye on, just to see if they're going to take a different direction. But other than that, it's like, okay, yeah, somebody else's name is at the top of it. Uh, I still have to deal with John Smith who's my who's my individual rep i was gonna say rep changes are more more impactful crucial to me than a ceo change right. well i i certainly agree with that perspective and think it's true as long as the ceo change goes smoothly true. right you know to, to what john was talking about i mean if you get if you get this kind of transition wrong then okay, the whole company can crumble, and suddenly, suddenly the customers will feel it and will experience it, and we'll have to go shop somewhere else. And, and that's, it, that's why it's important at the CEO level to keep the, the continuity of the company uh, and keep the growth plans uh, or change the growth plans if the new guy has new ideas. But uh, I would, I would, I would even expand it even further. Is is that if if you're not keeping that thought process even internally, you're doomed. And I, and I, I, I somewhat disagree rather strongly, Harry, on the on the on the fact that. My, if my top engineering person walked in tomorrow and said, yeah, I'm going to go spend more time with the family and I wasn't prepared for that, I'm doomed. 
you know, because just recruitment of tech of tech talent these days, there's got to be a, there has to be at least a fair amount of department heads that there has to be a succession plan in place. Well, John, I I think there's a difference between not having a succession plan for a head of engineering oh. and not ha and a CEO. Well, I, CEO. I, I think I, so I, that, I think it's the same. I think it's the same problem, though. I, I you know to some degree, I, you know, it's it's one that's going to eat you from the outside if you're not ready for it, or internally it's, if you're not prepared for it. I, I know that the order of magnitude is different. I will agree. You know, I will agree with you there. You know, if you're going to replace the CEO, there's an awful lot of other things that 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 apply. You know, culture and direction and things like that. But you know, not having a an, an, an internal plan is just as damaging. Well, but he was asking what, what more what more directly affects me. Yeah, right. Yep. And I mean, I I agree with you 100% that a company needs to have all of that, but. I can't do anything about if they're changing a CEO. I, I can I mean, I can sit and watch and see what's going on, but in my day-to-day -day activities, it doesn't do anything to me. It's just, it, it, I deal with the lower, I may deal with the, the head of engineering or something like that. So, so yeah, if there's a, if there's a change, if there's a shakeup there, that's much more impactful to me on a day-to-day -day basis than a CEO change at a manufacturer. Well, and it, again, the other thing is, and, it, and we're living this example, Steve Jobs is gone. And the, the new CEO come in, comes in, he's going to bring in his friends and his network and change the direction. And that changes, I, that's the other danger that I, that I generally see happen, is that they bring in, you know, they bring in their, their staff. And it does change things. So you know, I agree, you don't have any control over it, but it definitely has an impact on your life. No. All right. Uh, real quickly, and we're, we're, this may or may not be our last story. We're we're gonna we're gonna hit it and see if we can't get two in here. But um, it, Lindsay Adler from from SCN wrote a piece, and I absolutely love the first line. So I'm just going to quote Lindsay in general, specifically. Ladies and gentlemen, the moment you have been waiting for, AV has arrived. Quote unquote. What she is talking about is the acquisition of Waveguide by Global. Hospitality Corporation. Easy for me to say. Um, it, now, I, if you read on to the, the, the article, Lindsay goes on to say that, that if you didn't know, uh, Compass Group USA is, is the company that bought Waveguide. Um, they are the sixth largest employer in the world. <laughs> you may not have ever heard of them, but they're the sixth largest employer in the world. This comes on the heel of AVISPL being bought by a hedge, uh, an investment firm this year, and then their, their acquisition last week of Anderson AV. Uh, obviously, Samsung and Harman, a number of other mergers and acquisitions. This is the one, though, that, that Lindsay is pointing to as um, the, the penultimate merger and acquisition. John, from your standpoint, what does this mean? I mean, what, is, what does this mean in general? I mean, they're, they're going to be part of... Uh, Compass's group, they're going to be uh, supporting their, their AV staff, um, still ran by the, the current uh, president of, of Waveguide. But what does it mean for AV in general? I mean, is, is Lindsay right? Is this like the ultimate, the, the start of something new uh, for yes. AV arriving? <laughs> Lindsay's dead on. Um, it, it is a wonderful catch. It's a wonderful story. It's a wonderful insight into our future. You know, one of the things that because we do a fair amount of uh, work 
in uh, managed services. That's one of these areas. And again, systems integration. We've met with a fair amount of companies that make this statement. The AV world is not ready for the amount of work that is coming and you're not technically prepared or staffed to meet that demand. And that's a big, broad umbrella to say, but you take that exact, that exact story and look at what Compass is trying to solve. It has a customer base that uses technology. Just like they have, a, you know, they, they're servicing the food community and delivering food, they now have a need to deliver information. And that's the big story. The fact of the matter is, is that AV and unified communication is something that Compass has to deliver. If it doesn't have the crew, it has to partner with it or source it out. So there's a fair amount of, you know, again, the Waveguide does a wonderful job as we perceive them to do is understanding uh, building communications and, and tied to architecture and all those things. They really provide a service that Compass has to deliver. Think of the other things that your company delivers. Ours is a perfectly good example, managed services. They have managed services. They have the lady, you know, again, I'm, I'm going to make a silly analogy, but if Compass has a little lady in hairnet delivering spinach to the K through 12 marketplace, they probably have somebody that has to deliver communication needs and they know who that person is. Those arrangements are already set up. They just got to check the box and say, we can do that too. That we can do it too is what we sell on a day to day basis. Interesting. Okay, Harry, from from your standpoint, is this have have we arrived with this acquisition? Um, yes and no. I'm 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 not convinced that the these big mega companies are good. I, I on the it seems fitting on this day that the new Star Wars movie comes out that I bring a Star Wars analogy into it that. The tighter the grip gets, the more systems slip through the fingers. And there's going to be more, as, as these guys try to consolidate things, as these guys try to consolidate things in these larger, bigger, bigger, and bigger companies, there's going to be room for somebody to come in who's much more nimble and be able to take care of people's needs in a much more nimble and personalized fashion. I think you're going to start losing some of the personalization that, that has happened with AV as we start to get to these bigger and bigger and bigger monster companies. All right. Justin, from your standpoint, where does this leave us? Um, I certainly understand that concern. Um, and yet I think there, there can be evolving sort of technical solutions to that problem. I think as the, the manufacturing community moves more and more away from complicated hardware differentiation and more and more towards software as differentiator, as providing the user experience, uh, then, then companies large and small have a, a sort of simpler, easier means to customize that user experience. Um, I've known Waveguide for a few years. What I, what I understood was somewhat unique about them is that they provided both AV consulting and also programming. Mm -hmm. You know, they understand that uh, providing that software service is what really sort of solidifies their user experience. You don't just say, 
I need to find an integrator to bid on installing some hardware and then, and then leave it to them to, to actually create the in-room mm -hmm. experience. Instead, you say, okay, I need somebody to go bid and install this hardware because I need some hardware, but at the end of the day, who cares what it is? Well, I kind of, I, uh, software, the, us the user interfaces that create the user experience, allow them to differentiate and allow you to tailor the system to large customers, small customers, whatever it is. So, so I certainly understand where you're coming from, Harry. I think that there is, uh, you know, the bigger all these companies get, the harder it is to, to tailor to everyone. But I think with a focus on software and user experience, uh, I think that becomes practicable. Go ahead, John. Uh, uh, Justin, I I agree with you, and 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 I guess in my diatribe that I threw out there, the fact of the matter is, programming is one of those issues. System design is one of those things. Integration is one of those things. You know, so if Compass decides that they're going to buy, you know, a, a company because it does the world's best system integration, like the physical hanging and banging, that that fits perfectly into this model. You know, the fact that they found somebody that does some consulting and programming fits perfectly into that. You know, they, they, they find somebody that provides really good AV staffing. It's, it's that type of thing is, is it fits perfectly into this. Um, I, 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 I always, and I, and I hate to do this, but I give it to Julian Phillips every single time, go big, go niche or go out of business. And I think that that's really the way it's going to be. Uh, you know, we have, we have consistently as an industry have treated these spaces like as really specialty spaces, even the, even the benign small spaces. Oh, well, it's, it's, it's a magic that we do. And that's not what our customers are giving us back anymore. Yeah. They're saying, dumb it, dumb it down if you have to, damn it. I just want to have a hundred of these things so I can communicate properly. So I, I think that there will always be a niche space for us to, to, to feel warm and fuzzy about, but the clients aren't asking for it anymore. They want a standardization and they want a lot of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things is is I would say that, that there's, you know, uh, you've got um, the niche, which is, you know, whether it's uh, the large auditoriums or stadiums or what have you, but you're also going to have 100 different uh, classrooms, right? So you might have a campus, the, the campus I worked for, we had 183 class, we had 183 spaces, okay? 175 of those were classrooms, and we had standardized on them when I left. Now, the other remaining ones were one-offs, banquet facilities, and, and, and um, you know, large lecture halls. But for the mass, vast majority, you know, we had a standard on on control. We had a standard on on projectors, um, and the way we were able to refresh between fifty and a hundred, you know, fifty and sixty uh, projectors uh, over the course of winter or, or summer break was that we had a standard. You know, it, 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 you you weren't reinventing the wheel and rewriting code every single summer. So. All right, gentlemen, that is going to do us. Thank you so much. Uh, Mr. Green, thank you, sir. Thank you. How do people... glad to be a part of the team. Absolutely. How do people get a hold of you or Advanced AV? Uh, obviously, our website, uh, www.advancedav.com. Uh, I can be found on my own little Twitter uh, feed at jgreen with an A at the end, S-I-X. Jgreen6, all right. Mr. Harry Mead, thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you for having me. How do people find you and or Sonero? Well, Sonero is www.sonero.com. And I am on Twitter as AV Grump for my generally contrarian position. <laughs> I, I would I would endorse and, and agree with that with that assessment of your position. Yes. 
Um, last but not least, someone who is not uh, unfamiliar with contrarian positions, Mr. Justin Kennington. Thank you, sir. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. How do people find you and or AptoVision? You can find us at AptoVision.com uh, or at a new little side project called SDVOE.org. SDVOE.org. All right, sir. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, my name is Tim Albright. Don't do the Twitter on me because at this point I am well, I'm a Bears fan, so let's just put it that way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. Um, nah, it's a week before Christmas. Everything's groovy all through the house. Uh, but go by the website, if you would, please, avnation.tv, avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, if you if you get a chance, check out also our underwriters. Uh, they're the folks that make this program possible and all the rest of them. Uh, Mr. Green and, and the folks at Advanced AV are one of them, so we thank them. Um, also, as I mentioned at the, at the top, we have our first annual Aviation Awards, all driven by you, the listener and the reader. Uh, so check that out. You guys are the ones who nominate the folks that are up there. So there's uh, the, the the voting process is, is now in full swing, and that'll end up at the end of the of December. So Aviation.tv, Aviation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. This has been AV Week. Oh, 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 oh,